Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. In the world we live in here at WCBS News Radio 880, there are storytellers, and then there's Mike Sugarman. Mike Sugarman has today's difference makers. They are today's difference makers. Here's Mike Sugarman. And our Mike Sugarman has a difference maker story here, which is music to our ears. But not just any stories. This is not your watery buck fifty bodega cup of coffee. It is the unlikeliest of jazz halls. Thank you. In a Harlem apartment building, up the elevator, down the hall to apartment 3G. It's just a cold hard fact. Curlers get weird looks when they sweep the ice. Is a cello player an essential worker? Yakov Josef Orlinsky is breaking ground. He's an opera singer who loves Baroque music. I am also a breakdancer, so yes, uh, I don't think there are many opera singers who are also breakdancers. Guess I'm not. I'm hoping that other Americans will say, you know what, I can do that too. So hats off to the Reverend Morgan Thomas, who put her hat in the ring and is making a go of it. The Sweet Spot. I'm Mike Sugarman. WCBS News Radio 880. That last story about Harlem's Hat Lady earned Mike Sugarman a National Edward R. Murrow Award. This week on 880 In Depth, Mike Sugarman has another important story to tell. His. What do you want people to take from hearing the story that you put together? Appreciate your life. Welcome to 880 In-Depth. I'm Tim Sheld. Truth be told, this is a personal story. Mike Sugarman is a 30-year friend who has an amazing and inspiring story to tell. But it's also painful. Mike works as a feature reporter here at WCBS. His wife, Janice, is a part-time news anchor. They retired from media jobs on the West Coast a few years back to be closer to their grandchildren here. 
and they found a New York work family at WCBS. They've made us richer in the process. Just listen to Mike and Janice co-anchoring together this past New Year's Eve so colleagues here could have the night off to spend with their families. 30 seconds to go uh, for 2021. I'm ready to let 2021 go. Ready for the uh, double deuce. 2022. You've been waiting all day to say that. You hate the, when the I say that. Double kind of stuff. I know, yeah. It's, uh... double <laughs> As it turned out, 2022 would be Mike's most difficult year, and it all went bad just a few weeks into the new year. But this is his story, and for the next few minutes, I want you to hear it from him, Mike Sugarman. I lost two of my best friends recently. We were connected at the hip. Boy, do we have good times together, step by step. We ran together right from the start. Good job. They were there for my first baby steps. Little League Baseball? I couldn't hit or field. Boy, was I fast. That's why they let me play. One bent for me when I proposed to my wife. I was not surprised because you're a romantic, and I knew you had to get down on one knee to propose, and of course, I said yes. They helped me swing my kids and grandkids around and around and around and around, and we all got dizzy, and they kept asking for more and more and more and more, but that's not going to happen again. Two of my best friends, my legs, are gone. Well, they're here. They're just dead to me. I am a paraplegic. And to think that it all happened in the blink of an eye. This is a long story, so I won't start at the beginning. It's 20 years in the making, but on this February 22nd, 22222, which you think would be a lucky day, my luck ran out. I was at NYU Langone Hospital to have a TAAA, a thorough co-abdominal aortic aneurysm repair is one of the most risky operations that we do in aortic surgery. That's my surgeon, Dr. Aubrey Galloway, among the best in the business. 35 years of doing these things, and it's said to be one of the gnarliest operations you can have. It's open-heart surgery, and several sections of the spinal cord have to be tapped and bypassed. One of the nurses I had in my nine weeks of hospitalization and rehab says he's a hypochondriac. And a TAAA is his biggest fear. The operation? It's like going to a knife fight, unarmed and asleep. Now, let's get back to what led me here. Hi, Rescue. Yeah, somebody came running in saying one of our reporters were, were passed out. The year is 2001. I was working in San Francisco as a TV reporter. I did collapse after a day out in the field. The outfield, in fact. Giants all day, go baby. It happened to be opening day for the San Francisco Giants. This is about the ugliest shirt I've ever seen. Ugliest? This is fashion right here. This is high quality Giants fashion that we're talking about. Yeah, it's really ugly. (laughs) That was my job. I covered the fun stuff generally, played with the fans, but at that moment, my body felt anything but fun. Paramedics came as my insides felt like little army men with knives were at war with me. I never felt so bad. 
I had no idea what it was, and neither did doctors. It took six hours in the emergency room for them to figure it out, and then a six-hour operation, which I survived. It was a miracle. You're one of the luckiest people in the round to be alive. Dr. Tom Pites, among the team, led by surgeon Elias Hanna, who saved me that night. Dr. Hanna had performed 12,000 such operations, many on the Vietnam battlefields, and mine was one of his hardest. He tried once to patch it up. It didn't work. He tried twice. It didn't work. Tired and sweaty, he told the nurse to let my family know I wasn't going to make it. As she got to the operating room door, he said, wait, wait, wait a minute. I got another idea. Something he'd never done before, but it worked. And here I am. He came out and told my family I was okay. Dr. Hanna walked out, said, where's the wife? Walked up to me and said, I fixed him. Now I'm going home. Now, Dr. Hanna never told me any of those gory details. You know who did? Boy, can I go for a nice cold white beer for Miller. John Madden. Tastes terrific. And get this, it's less filling. John Madden's son was married to Dr. Hanna's daughter. There's really no name for that in English. But in Yiddish, they have a word, makatunum. Anyway, at the golf course one day, Dr. Hanna shared details. I'm sure that's a HIPAA violation, but it turned out okay. Madden and I worked at the same radio station in San Francisco, and he told me all this at a station picnic. I knew it was difficult, but the intimate details of my life-saving operation came from a football and broadcast legend. It was an aortic dissection. The aorta, the main pipe out of the heart, split on the inside. Two tubes in one pipe, but also massive bleeding. Few people survive one so big. Genetics, high blood pressure, and as we found out later, a connective tissue disorder were to blame. That tissue disease is called CBS. 35 years working for that company, and now it was my downfall. Well, you can't change genetics. Blood pressure changed because of drugs, and so did my personality. For that, you were like a bulldog. Very intense, uh, go, 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 all the time, in a good way. That was the man I fell in love with. After you mellowed way out and became Mr. Zen. So for 20 years, things went well. We left San Francisco to help take care of our two grandkids in New York. First Charlie, and then came Lana. We were semi-retired, but the bottom part of the aorta started to get bigger, and Dr. Galloway thought it was time to fix it. When uh, aortic dissection reaches a certain size, that patient is at risk of rupturing the aorta from the, from the aneurysm. As I mentioned, this is a gnarly operation, and Dr. Galloway told us of the risks. There was a risk of, of dying from the surgery of about 5% to 7% and a risk of permanent paralysis of about 5 to 7%. Well, I didn't die. I didn't beat all the odds, though, even though the operation was a success. I, don't, I can't even remember how many hours, but at night, sometime in the evening, about 8 o'clock, Dr. Galloway called and said it all went exactly as planned. But the pain from the surgery, oh my God, I wish I was dead. It would have been so much easier. I was praying to die. 
I watch shows like Monk and Columbo on the off channels the hospital provides. You know, there's only one thing that I'm not clear about. There's a murder in every one. And I thought, why can't I just die like that? That would have been so much easier. It didn't seem fair I had to go through such misery when one gunshot to the head and all feelings gone. I almost got there. One night my wife and older son were lovingly holding hands in a meditation of sorts, and my brain told me that all I had to do was let go and all my pain would be gone. Just let go and die. So easy, so inviting. But I didn't. Could things get worse? Yep. Three days after the surgery, I came to the hospital, and Mike said to me, I told the nurse, I can't feel my feet. I had to go find the nurse in question, who was sitting out in the nurse's station, and I said, my husband cannot feel his feet. The nurse sort of started to whip into action, looking for phone numbers of people to call, and I said, you call Dr. Galloway. I'll call Dr. Galloway. I know who to call. And that's how I became paralyzed. I was one of the unlucky 5% that we were warned about that can become paralyzed even after a successful operation. I just never thought it's going to be me. Dr. Galloway came straight away. As soon as I heard about that, I ran, ran over there. And started to do what he could, including raising my blood pressure so high that I had a seizure. There was no damage to the brain, they tell me, but like the old joke, they took x-rays of my brain and found nothing. Anyway, his strategy didn't work. Blood had stopped flowing from the spinal cord for a time to my legs. A spinal stroke. I was paralyzed. I couldn't feel anything from the breast down, a T4 they call it. Luckily, my arms weren't affected. And so I joined more than half a million people in the U.S. with a spinal cord injury. 17,000 new cases each year. It's mostly men, mostly from macho stuff. Car accidents, falls, some kind of violence, sports injury. 4% from medical and surgical problems. 4%. Again, I hit the reverse jackpot. And so off to rehab to learn how to go about my new life. Uh, you are very, very weak. Uh, you were paralyzed uh, from in both of your legs. You required maximal assistance of really two to three people to transfer from the bed to the wheelchair. Dr. Jeff Cohn is director of Rusk Rehabilitation North, and he handled my case. Getting from the bed to the wheelchair, don't kid yourself, that takes some doing. It's a big deal for a rookie paraplegic. And that's the kind of stuff they teach you in rehab, getting from one place to the other. Remember, I don't have legs that work. And I think your family was really a wonderful family, very involved. Your wife, uh, we got her involved pretty early on. In fact, Jan has spent 10 hours a day with me in rehab and has learned more than she ever wanted to know about taking care of a paraplegic. I tell her she's like Ginger Rogers, who did everything Fred Astaire did, except backwards and in high heels. And finally, after 16 days in the hospital and 43 days in rehab, I was home. Yeah, there would be another week in the hospital soon because of 104 temperature and infection, 
But I was home, and I planned to stay. I probably just jinxed it. But I'm ready to start my new life. Expectations in the medical community aren't great. Uh, do you think I'll ever walk again? Unfortunately, I think it's unlikely at this point. You think I'll ever walk again? I think that it's not inconceivable. But the opinion of the person I care most about? Oh, I have put in my order to my goddesses who rule the universe in no uncertain terms that you are going to walk again. And I am, <laughs> I have no apologies for asking for that. Me? My head says one thing, my heart another. Truth is, I'm happy to make it through the day right now. I'm a baby paraplegic, still learning to get through the day. Walking? That's not on my mind right now. I've talked to a lot of people in the community who say a year from now, I won't be saying, gee, I'm glad that happened. But maybe, I can't believe how far I've come. That is what's on my mind right now and little tasks I aim for, which come day to day. And that is all I ask the goddesses for now. Maybe someday, they'll bring two of my best friends back. Mike Sugarman, WCBS News Radio 880, and I'm still rolling. Mike is indeed still rolling. And we would expect nothing less from our friend and WCBS 880 colleague. We wanted to hear more about how Mike Sugarman is doing, so we connected with Mike and his wife Janice on Zoom. Hi, how are you? I'm okay. Long day, Mets lost another one. Yeah, I was on a... We began our conversation talking about some of the things Mike is now dealing with as a paraplegic. Things like getting dressed. You know, you put your pants on one leg at a time, literally, and you've got to reach from your waist to your ankles and then pull, and then the other one from your waist to your ankles and pull, and then shift your weight back and forth so you can pull the pants up. And the worst part, the toughest part is when you get it to the waist, you can't lift your butt. It's clear in the butt. <laughs> so... uh you got to learn how to, you go back and forth and back and forth. And uh, eventually, when you're on one side, you pull the other side up, and then you turn in the bed on the other side, and you pull that up. And it takes, it can take, you know, 45 minutes to get your pants on. Today, his life is a mix of physical and occupational therapy. Mike's wife, Janice, broke it down for us. Physical is strengthening strengthening the body to, so you can do occupational so you can do yeah it, it's, uh, occupational is I keep telling Mike because he can never remember the difference it's like to get you ready for your occupation <laughs> if you want to go back to work or whatever you do in your life whatever occupies you in your life and you want to continue having it occupy you in your life daily life and they teach you strategies and techniques you know there's all kinds of tricks and physical therapy get your body in shape and keeps it in shape so that you can do that so that you can occupational therapy might help you transfer from your bed to your wheelchair physical therapy gives you the strength in your arms and stuff to do that so that's they overlap but that's kind of the decision. and they ask you for a goal and my goal is to drive which you know you can't do in a normal car without legs 
So they actually have a driving school at NYU for paraplegics, which I will enter sometime, and uh, I'll learn how to drive. Just recently, I got into a car, just uh, four or five days ago, and uh, you can't imagine what kind of feeling that was of independence, because we were taking these taxis, these accessible taxis, which cost a fortune, and you got to wait for them, and you got to make plans, and now getting in the car is a big deal, and driving is, it's life-changing. And the first time he got in it, he got in, and we took a little ride, I looked over, and I was like, oh, there's Mike, that's just like regular old Mike, I mean... On the upside with his disability, if he's sitting in a car, it just looks like regular old Mike. And then and we stopped and did an errand, went by our favorite fish store, and and I Mike said, Why don't you go in and get some dinner? I jumped out and did it and I came back and Mike was doing what Mike would have done before this happened. He was taking a little nap in the car. <laughs> It's so good to hear Janice with that laugh because it's been an enormously difficult year for the family. If it's not clear yet, Mike is a pretty special person who has every right to feel sorry for himself because of his new circumstances. Instead, Mike is focused on sharing this story for the good of others. You really had it on your mind that you wanted to tell this story as you were in the midst of this pain. How, tell me how, how that came about. I, you know, I, I don't know. It's in my DNA to tell stories. And uh, as I was lying in bed in this fog of pain... I started writing the story. I started telling the story in my head. And I had the first third of it written before I got out of bed in my head. It's just part of my nature. It's what I do. I don't have many hobbies. I, I write. I tell stories. And, and this was the biggest story of my life, really. And if, you know, people say I inspire them which makes me, that's what I want to do. You know, I'm going through this horrible thing, but if I can inspire anybody, it makes it a little more worth it. Around a Bay Area middle school, it started when some of the students started acting strange. KPIX5's Mike Sugarman says it all traces back to some pills shared. Mike Sugarman came to New York in 2016 after a long career in radio at our sister station, KCBS in San Francisco and then onto a television station there where his offbeat style stood out in that market. There's water leaking on Pennsylvania Street, the equivalent of five swimming pools a day. Roxy the Pomeranian seemed to know about it a few days ago before it got to the surface. Keeps walking a couple feet into the street and sniffing along that line, and I couldn't figure out why she was doing that, and it turns out there's been a leak. That's a pretty low-tech way of finding a leak before it bubbles up. Hi. Hi. We're with Channel 5 Television, and we want to see what you got for Christmas. A suitcase? How old are you? As a public official, are you telling the people of San Francisco it's okay to run through the streets naked? 38-year-old Kamala Harris came out of nowhere and was swept into office as San Francisco's district attorney. And as she did, she made history. She's the first woman ever to be the city's top prosecutor. And she is the first African-American in such a job ever in the state of California. Just following in big footprints, she says. My mother. 
Again, we are providing live coverage of the catastrophic earthquake, the 6.9 over the Richter scale earthquake, which hit Northern California, the San Francisco Bay Area uh, tonight. Mike and I met each other covering the 1989 San Francisco earthquake. I, I was in Santa Cruz, where there was a lot of damage, and, and CBS had this policy where they lent reporters from other stations to go cover big stories in other cities. And you came out to Santa Cruz to replace me, and we just hit it off. I don't know why. I just liked you the minute I saw you. And, and we have so much in common. I don't know why. Yeah. Was that a compliment? Mike is most definitely one of a kind. But frankly, so is Janice. Just ask Mike. I wish I could tell you what Janice has been doing. It's, it's, she, it's, a, it's a full-time job for her. And what happened to me happened to her, except she's my legs now, and, and an angel. I mean, she it gets up with me twice a night to, to turn me over because you can't stay in one position too long, and then even in the middle of the night. And it's a full-time job for her. And I, I don't know that I could do it if the situations were reversed. You could. You could. Well, <laughs> you say that. Well, well, I think it Well, what's it like for you? Well, you know, it had a nightmarish quality at first. You know, it was a nightmare. nightmare. When am I going to wake up from this nightmare? Then you grow into it, and you, you know, you, you have to let go. Big, big hurdle is to let go. Got to let go of that past life and not worry about the future life. I mean, people talk a lot about living in the moment. <laughs> we, we, we have to live in the moment. That's the only way to survive. So there's a lot of mourning involved, a lot of grief about our past life and, and about past Mike. You know, he, he, he doesn't walk into the room anymore, you know? I don't, I don't hear, you know, I'm asleep and nobody else is walking around the house. So there's a lot of things that you really have to let go of so for me, it's been, it's been, frankly, really horrible a lot of the time. But then there's all these amazing stories and people that we meet, and we meet them by chance, and they come, they've come into our lives and helped us, and and sort of little miracles along the way is, is all I can say of this richness of of a sort of a new richness of our life in a strange way. We've, we've sometimes felt, now that Mike got home and it's settled and it's not going in and out of the hospital anymore and we have a routine, we've both independently said to each other one day in different ways, we kind of feel like we're dating again or we're like on a little honeymoon again. There's this closeness, but we have 40 years to build on. That's the thing, we had 40 solid years to build on. Yeah, I feel um, like newlyweds almost. Sometimes. I really yeah. do. Uh, <laughs> at, you know, at our age, after 40 years yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. Because, I don't know why. But, well, because, I think partially because we're trying to embrace this, we're looking at it as another part of our life. We had 40 years, okay. <laughs> we got all we deserved already. <laughs> I mean, we, you know, and especially in, the, in this community that we're in now. I'm on a website, Facebook group, a wonderful group um, of wives and girlfriends, WAGs, of pe people with spinal cord injuries. And 
most of them were very young men. Spinal cord injury is a young man's malady. And you know, I mean, they were 23, 24, 36. It's and, motorcycle and accidents and car, car accidents. accidents. I mean, got, gunshot wounds. Gunshot wounds are big. This, I mean, some of the stories, a guy was injured diving into a pool during his wedding reception. There, there are many stories of guys on their honeymoons doing daring things. So, you know, gratitude, we have to have, gratitude is getting us through too. We have 40 years in this in a wonderful family and then all these people in our building, we live in this huge high rise and a nurse has befriended us and the doormen help us. And, you know, it's like, it, it's become a neighborhood. So there's all these kind of great things that, you know, that have, have also happened in, uh, amid, amid something you would never want to go through. <laughs> Mike Sugarman has a reporter's eye. It means he's always curious, always on the lookout for pieces of a puzzle that can help paint a larger picture. That's exactly what he's doing now as he sits in a wheelchair, seeing life with a new lens. New Yorkers have a very gruff reputation, but we have seen nothing but kindness when I'm rolling around and I need a door open or uh, an elevator. People are so nice to us, and they take pity on us, I guess. Well, no, they're just nice. They go out of their way to help. They really go out of their way, yeah. And that's, yeah. And that's so heartwarming. Yeah. And they, and they feel good about themselves when they do that, and they have a smile on their face, and they have a story to tell. Uh, about helping a guy in a wheelchair. Yeah. What, what do you want people to take from hearing this conversation and hearing the story that you put together? Uh, I would say appreciate your life. If you've got two legs and control of everything below your waist, uh, be grateful. Be grateful that you don't have a serious wound or injury or sickness and be grateful that you wake up every day and you can go about your daily tasks because I can't do that. I just, I just want uh, to add, um, we are in a very privileged position. We have, you know, we have great jobs. We have a great family. Uh, we have an apartment that was already pretty accessible. We have great health insurance. And going through this, I, have, I don't know how many times we've said, how do people who don't have any of this or some of this, how do they get through it? The, the things you have to go through, the hoops you have to jump through for medical things and to get help and how do you get home health care when you need it I mean people literally are stuck in their apartments all day and you know maybe somebody comes in and helps them a little bit in the morning if they have that they can't get out they can't go anywhere we were able to pay for taxis to get places um, it just just for me that I, I just realized how how lucky we are and how difficult these things are for people who don't have means and support and, and family around them. And, and a lot of people in my position are like that. You know, you have always been someone we've all looked up to, just as a human, a great personality. You always brighten the room when you come in. When the two of you come in, you've got, you know, 
double bright lights uh, in the room. But we are we are super amazed at how you are today. And and we, we, you know, I wonder whether you know, can you let us in on how you got yourself to this point where you have such a positive attitude? Uh, I know that's Mike Sugarman anyway. I, I I get that. That's what you're made of, and you can't run away from your DNA. But it is really amazing to all of us to see how you have gotten to the moment you are at now. Well, that's a very nice thing to say. Uh, one of the things that inspires me is I've talked to a lot of people in the community, the paraplegic community, and, the, and they all tell me the first year is the worst. So I wake every day knowing that it's going to get better. You know, this I'm a baby. I'm a baby paraplegic. And, and I'm going to get better. And the pains I have, I know are going to go away. And the problems I have, I know are going to go away. And uh, we uh, got a hold of the Christopher Reeves Foundation, which is just a terrific uh, resource for paraplegic and quadriplegics. And they set me up with a mentor who was paraplegic, 11 years and I talk to him once or twice a week, and he tells me the things that he's doing and uh, the things I can expect to be doing. And if something's going wrong, it probably went wrong with him. So he can tell me uh, what, you know, what's, gonna, what's coming up. And that helps too. Uh, but I, I do have a positive attitude just because I know things are going to get better. They can't get worse. Uh, in the the time since it happened, I have really changed. I mean, I I can do things I never thought I'd do, and uh, they say my mentor and, and his community say a year from now, you're not going to say, "Boy, I'm glad that happened," but you'll say, "I can't believe where I am from where I was," and I'm looking forward to that day. And all the days after that. July, by the way, is Disability Pride Month. It was 32 years ago this summer that the Americans with Disability Act was signed into law. It was meant to prohibit discrimination against people with disabilities. Well, you can bet that Mike Sugarman is likely to be an advocate for that cause. Our thanks to Mike and Janice for sharing their stories, and we wish them the best as they work through this new stage of life. 880 In Depth is a production of WCBS News Radio 880. The executive producers are Peter Haskell and myself, Tim Scheld. Thanks to Ray Martell for his assistance this week. Listen to 880 In Depth on demand. You'll find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your audio. You just have to search for WCBS 880 In Depth. Thank you for listening. And as Mike Sugarman says, Appreciate your life. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.